world may think. God is still alive and well. And I'm glad He's still intervening for you and I. And I'm glad that we can gather together in the house of the Lord, feel the Spirit of the Lord move upon His people, and just have the opportunity to preach the Word of God to you fine folk this morning. If you have your Bibles with you, do me a favor, turn to Hebrews chapter number 13 in the precious Word of God. Hebrews chapter number 13. I will preach to you what I do believe God has placed upon my heart this morning. And uh, I believe that you may get some help from the precious Word of God. That is our goal. If you're here and not right with Him, then we want you to leave different in which you came. Maybe you're not as close as you need to be, but you can be close when you leave here today. Maybe you're lost and on your way to hell without Jesus. Today is the day of salvation. Amen. Let's stand together if we could in reverence to the reading of God's Word and prayer for the message. Hebrews chapter number 13 and verse number 8. I like this. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. Let me call a time out right here and say that means He is a never-changing God. He is an everlasting God. The Lord Jesus Christ is God in the flesh. Verse number 9. Be not carried about with divers and strange doctrines. For it's a good thing that the heart be established with grace, not with meats which have not profited them that have been occupied Therein. Basically here Paul is demonstrating the ceremonial law that is spoken in the Old Testament book of Leviticus. But I can here tell you the truth of the word of God in this. The entire Judaistic system of the Old Testament law is bankrupt today because of what Jesus did on Calvary. You see, there were many of the Jews wanting to refer back to the Old Testament law and get in touch with God or be uh, uh, find favor with God, have salvation in God through the law, through the sacrificial animals. But when Jesus came about, that eliminated that entirely because He is uh, the only way to heaven. He is uh, the supreme sacrifice and the only lamb that needed to be slain. We have an altar, the Bible says, whereof they have no right to eat which serve the tabernacle. For the bodies of those beasts whose blood brought into the sanctuary by the high priest for sin are burned without the camp. See, they're talking about the sin offering of the Levitical law. They're talking about how they would bring in their beast and they would uh, uh, the priest would sacrifice an animal for the sins of the people and then he would sacrifice another beast for his own sin. That is no longer needed. But yet, apparently, some of the Jews wanted to go back to that Old Testament system of salvation. Verse number 12, Wherefore Jesus also, that He might sanctify the people on His own blood, suffered without the gate. 
And what does that mean? Well, in, in verse number eleven, where he said the the remains were burned without the camp, they had to take the they had to take the remains outside of the camp, and they burned those. Uh, but listen, our sacrifice surfeit, suffered without the gate as well, according to verse number twelve. It was outside the city of Jerusalem, of where Jesus was crucified. He said in verse number thirteen, "Let us go forth, therefore, unto him without the camp, bearing his reproach." In other words, no matter what comes our way this morning we need to remain standing for the truth and the truth is in the Lord Jesus Christ verse number 14 for here have we no continuing city but we seek one to come in other words this place that you see here one day is going to disintegrate and be gone Uh, listen after the rapture of the church there's not going to be a whole lot left uh, but I'm here to tell you there's one city that will continue forever and the light will never go out there This is only a temporary place. By Him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to His name. But to good and to communicate forget not. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. Father in heaven, God, we do love you. We thank you for this opportunity, Lord, to come to you this morning and read, thus saith the word of God. I pray that you would give me the words of wisdom uh, to speak to your people. And God, I thank you, Lord, for everyone that's here, for our visitors this morning, God. I pray you would be with them. I pray that you would speak to all of our hearts in like manner. May we leave here differently in which we came. And we'll thank you and praise you in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen and amen. Thank you. You may be seated today. As I look at this scripture, I, I, I begin to think about what is actually happening here. Paul is bringing about the word of God to the Jewish people that have been converted by the way of Jesus Christ. But apparently there are some that are beginning to lose their way. There are some that are moving to the wayside and going back to the Old Testament of believing in in what they did for salvation. The sacrificial system as they would sacrifice the, uh, the lambs and the bulls and the goats and the turtle doves. And it would depend on your status as your wealth would put you of what your sacrifice would be. But I'm here to say thanks be unto God today. We don't have to bring in a lamb. We've got the lamb. We don't have to bring in a bull. We don't have to bring in a goat. We don't have to go and find turtle doves or pigeons to try to sacrifice our sins away. We serve a God today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that died for you and was sacrificed on the cross of Calvary for you uh, to where we don't have to go that route anymore. Uh, The Bible teaches us that He is the supreme sacrifice uh, and He is the one that we depend on for our salvation. For He is the way, the truth, and the life. uh, And no man can come to the Father but by Him. I thank God for that word today. Uh, The book of God is not confusing. Uh, The book of God is not contradictory. 
It is the living, breathing Word of God. I can tell you now, some 25 years ago, when I got my heart right with God, I came down to an altar of prayer. I can take you to the church. I can take you to the place. I can just about give you the time on the watch of when my heart and soul life was changed by the glory of God. You was there, sister, when Jesus saved my soul some 25 years ago. And when I got on that altar of prayer and I got up and my sins being forgiven, I woke up out of that deadness of sin and I became a new creature in Christ. But the next day, that next Monday when I went into the workplace, I was always used to singing the country song or a rock and roll song, whiskey bent and hell bound. I walk in that Monday morning at work singing Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound. They began to look at me funny, Aaron. They began to talk about me. They began to look and see what is wrong with this boy here. What's done happened to him. And they'd come and ask me, what happened to you? And I said, I found Jesus. And my sins have been forgiven. And my friend, that there will do it right every time. God don't need another opportunity. God doesn't need anything for our behalf or by our benefit. He owns it all anyway. And when He saves your soul and you get saved and you get right with God, my friend, He does it right. Amen. And you become a new creature in the Lord Jesus Christ. I had many people come up to me after that week's on in. Oh, Todd, you gotta, you gotta go with us over here. I'm like, hey boys, I don't go to them places no more. Oh, but you need to come back out with here and do this. I said, boys, I don't do that no more. I belong to the King of Glory now. I don't do that anymore. I said, I think, basically I was saying this, I think I'll just go with God no matter what comes my way. As the storm clouds may brew from time to time and heartache may come, I think I'm just going to stick with God. Let me encourage my dear sister back here today. Sister, don't you worry about a thing. Listen, the Lord, Brother Pat, is safe with the Lord today. Amen. Uh, Listen, just decide in your heart that you're just going to go on with God. And the reason is uh, He's in a better place. Uh, We're headed to that better place. Uh, And you have loved ones, friends, and family on that side as well. Uh, We might as well enjoy the trip down here uh, and get to be with them one day on the other side uh, where everything and peace and happiness can be there. Bless God, there's no more bad knees and bad legs. Uh, There is no more starvation. Uh, There is no more cancer. I'm talking about a place uh, uh, that is full of of splendor and bliss uh, and beauty. uh, And I can just imagine uh, that these some of these Jews uh, uh, that had been saved by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, some of them from the Old Testament law uh, that still believe that way were still going up to them and saying you know what? That just ain't right. You need to go back to the old way of doing things. You need to go back to the Old Testament law for your salvation uh, because this man named Jesus has done ascended away they say he's no longer around oh but my friend he sent one uh, the comforter in the Holy Ghost of God uh, Jesus was around uh, he's around this morning uh, he abides in my heart uh, and if you're saved today he abides in your heart uh, and I can imagine as there were some trying to woo uh, uh, these New Testament Christians back to the law uh, I bet there were some of them that were very strong in the faith uh, 
that said, I think I'll just go with God. I think I'll just go with God because He's the one that died for me. I think I'll just go for, with God because He's the one that saved me. And my friend, you can tell a difference in the life of an individual when they get Jesus. I'm not talking about getting religion. Religion will send you to hell today. I'm talking about getting Jesus. I'm talking about getting, becoming a Christian and believing in the inerrant, infallible Word of God, receiving Christ as your Savior, avoiding hell in your future. But I think I'll just go with God. Well, preacher, why do you think you'll just go with God? Well, number one, I think I'll go with God because He is my protection. The Bible tells me He's my rock. He's my refuge. He's my shield. He's the horn of my salvation. He's my stronghold. He's my refuge. He is my Savior. And 2 Thessalonians verse chapter 3 and verse number 3 said the Lord is faithful. He'll keep you from evil. He'll keep you by His blood and His goodness and His mercy and His grace. I've got protection today in the Lord Jesus Christ. You don't understand what I'm saying. I'm here to tell you that the enemy will want to pull you down and destroy your life any way that he has the opportunity of doing so. Oh, but what do you mean, preacher? Oh, well, the Bible says that the devil is like a roaring lion. He's going to and fro seeking whomever he may devour. And even if you're a child of God today, it does not make you immune from the attacks of Satan and the attacks on your family because the devil of this world will continue to fire those fiery darts at you. He'll continue to try to wreak havoc inside your home. But guess what? He can't come to me unless he crosses the bloodline. And he can't cross the bloodline unless the Lord Jesus gives him permission. You mean the devil has to bow down to our God? I'm here to tell you he has to bow down to him. He has to ask for permission to get to you and I. Just like he asked for permission to get to Job and God dropped the heads for a while. But Job stood strong and said, Naked in this world I came. Naked I'm going to leave. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm glad today that I can strongly and firmly say I'm just going to continue to go with God. I know it's not popular preaching today. I know some people want their ears tickled. I know some people want a mirror balls and, and smoke machines to feed your flesh and maybe some dancing girls uh, that I'm here to tell you. I'm here to give you the unadulterated literally word of God tonight. Today, dear God, to where it can help you. Amen. Yeah. Listen, God didn't call me to be popular. He called me to pastor people. And when I call me to pastor people, it is my duty to preach the word of God. It is my duty to make sure that I give you warnings from the word of God and what he lays upon our heart. But not only am I going to go with God because of His protection. But number two, He is my provider. My favorite scripture. You know it, most of you. Matthew 6, 33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these other things will be added unto you. If you'll look at the previous verses before you get to verse number 33, it's speaking about those necessities in life. Your shelter, your food, the clothes on your back. He says, if you'll just trust Him, if you'll just seek 
God first. Uh, he'll provide everything for you that you will ever need. Uh, here, I'm here to tell you, folks, the Bible still says that God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Uh, let me add that a little bit to just put throw this in. He even owns the taters in them hills. Uh, and if he has to sell a few cows to feed you, uh, if he has to go p- pluck up some taters and sell them just to feed you, uh, my God will do that today. Amen. Amen. That's the God that we serve. He is our provider. He is our protection. But I'm going to go with God because of His power. He's got healing power. The Bible says He ascended back up into the heavens with healing in His wings. He had, Listen, I don't know of many people in here today that could have just walked by somebody and breathed on them and they get healed. I don't know of many people that could go by and uh, uh, touch somebody and they be healed. There is no power in the hands of the preacher. If there's any healing going on in any church across America and across this world, it's because the Lord Jesus Christ does it. Amen. He does it in according to James chapter 5. He says, Call upon the elders of the church, anoint thy head with oil, and the prayer of the faithful will save the sick. I'm glad that we serve a healing God. I'm glad that we serve a forgiving God. I'm glad that we serve a God that can answer your prayers. Amen. And some people say, oh, God didn't answer my prayer. Oh, yes, He answers your prayer. Sometimes people just don't take no for an answer. You mean God tells us no sometimes? Yes. He either says no, yes, just wait. It's between you and God of what situation you're in and what your prayer request is to find that will of God and to understand where God's coming from as He speaks to you. Amen. We, 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 we've heard some marvelous things this week. I know uh, Mallory's grandfather, who we've been praying for, they didn't give him much hope. and uh, he, he was uh, on a ventilator and uh, very, very sick. And uh, his kidneys were not functioning at all. Aaron started calling around people and said, Hey, please pray, pray. The, the, the grandfather's not doing very good at, good at all. And then just this past week, toward the end of the week, he started getting better. And yesterday, come off a ventilator. Amen. That's the God that we serve. He answers our prayer. Amen. He answers our prayer. And as many as it is, it's, sometimes it's difficult to think of it this way, but Brother Pat, Lord, we love him. We loved him dearly. And, and Sister Barb, you know, we prayed that God would touch him and God would heal him. And in, in, in actuality, he got his healing as he got called home. Amen. Amen. He got his healing when he called home. There's, there's no pain there. There is no suffering there. There's no bad legs and knees there. Listen, I, I, I want to serve God and go with God because of the power that he has. That we read in Sunday school lesson this morning in, in the book of Colossians about how people do not fear God anymore. They don't fear Him anymore. Listen, we think that we're living in a, in a sheltered, safe area. Because, you know, you might not see the things here that you see in big cities. And I'm not going to try to get political with you today, but let me say this. All them places where all this meanness happens is places where you ain't allowed to have guns. Look at it. Places where you are allowed to have guns, that stuff don't happen. Because those people fear for their life. And don't believe that junk they tell you that guns kill people. Guns do not kill people. People kill people. People kill people. We've got a Second Amendment right, amen? And, uh, you know, I, I don't understand that. But don't get too comfortable in your skin right here in the Bible Belt because it's coming your way. It's coming your way. 
How do we know that we're not going to be the next victim as we're gathering together for worship? How do we know we're not going to be the next victim as somebody drives by our house and, and begins to shoot? How do we know that we're going to be the next victim uh, at, at an event that we go to and we think that everything's going to be safe and we're, 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 we have that as the farthest thing away from our minds? Why does all this stuff happen in England? Listen, their police officers don't even have guns. Why would somebody? Why wouldn't somebody evil that's going to do that go to somewhere where there is no gun of them? They're you know having a danger that they would lose their own life. It makes sense. Don't hear. Don't believe everything what you hear on TV. Amen. But we. I want to go with God because of His power. He's got the power to protect us. He's got the power, but I'm going to thank Him and I'm going to go with God because of His presence because I like being in the presence of God and I like being in the presence of God's people because the Holy Ghost of God can move upon. That great comforter can come about and just help you in ways that nobody else can. And I thank God that I can be comforted. Sister, you can be comforted in your time of bereavement. Why? Because of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit that lives within you and that comforter that we have. He helps us in our time of need. No matter what you're going through today, our Lord can comfort you. He can speak to you. He can walk with you and talk with you and lead you on life's way. And my friend, I'm just going to walk with God. I'm going to stay with God, but I'm going to also stay with Him because of His promises. I've found no place to turn my back on God today. Amen. Look at the promises in verse number 5. Look, look, Just move up a little bit in the scripture. We didn't read it already. But chapter 13, verse 5 and 6. The Bible says, Let your conversation be without covetous and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. That means a lot to me. There's times when you look around, you think you've got a whole clan full of friends that's going to be there for you and you look around and they're all gone. They've done tucked their tail and run when hard times come and they're out of the way somewhere and you don't never see them again. But I know of one, my friend, that's never run from a battle. I know one that'll stay with you through the fight. I know one that'll comfort you and be with you and speak to you. And in all actuality, he is all that you'll ever need. And my friend, he'll be walking right beside you the whole time in anything that you go through we start to stress out because this little thing here or that little thing there listen turn it over to God and allow him to take care of it amen he is uh, that almighty comforter the Holy Ghost of heaven that will help you he is uh, the promiser that give us these promises that we read in the scripture but verse number 14 as well he says for here we have no continuing city but we seek one to come that's a promise from the word of God Exodus chapter 14 in verse 14. The Lord shall fight for you and hold your peace. Isaiah 40 and 31. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Isaiah 41 and 10. He says, I will strengthen thee. I will keep thee. Psalms 37 and 4. Delight thyself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desire 
desires of your heart. I'm glad that we've got promises that we can hold on to. Everybody's life's not perfect. There's always things. There's always circumstances. There's always battles that come. But blessed be under God, I know the one that's never lost a battle. I know the one that's never lost a war. And He'll take care of us until our last day's over. And then when we leave from here to over yonder, He'll continue to take care of us on that side. Amen. I'm going to stick with Him because He's got a plan in my life. I'm going to stick with Him because of His propitiation. That's a biblical word. It's in the Bible. Uh, Propitiation. What does that word mean? That means He's my substitute. Amen. Look at verse number 12. The Bible says, Wherefore Jesus also, that He might sanctify the people with His own blood, suffered without the gate. He's got my pardon. Amen. Amen. He's, He's the one that can forgive me. He's the one that can make my life right. He's the one that can take away all the guilt. He's the one that can take away all the sin. He's the one that can just come into my life and give me salvation full and free. There's nothing else that can make me happy today. Amen. There's nothing else other than Jesus Christ that is going to be my best friend. Listen, I love my wife, but I've got this thing in order. I love my children, but I've got this thing in order. If you look at the Bible, you study the Scriptures all the way from the Old Testament to the New. The Lord Jesus Christ is to be first in your life. Your family is going to be number two, mainly speaking of your wife. Number three is going to be your children. Now, some people got number three on number one and number two down at number three, but that ain't the way it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be God first. She's my number two, as much as it hurts me to say it, because I love her so greatly. She's got to be my number two. And my children's got to be my number three. Where do we come out, preacher? Y'all come in behind them. Amen? I know that hurts some of you's feelings. But you know what? That's the way God ordained it. That's the way God ordained it. I'm going to stay with God. I'm going to just go with God because of the praise. I want you to look at this scripture, verse number 15, real quickly. I promise you, I'll try to hurry. I'll try to hurry. Verse number 15. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice. He didn't say of the bulls. He didn't say of the lambs. He didn't say of the goats. Sacrifice of praise. To God sometimes. Nope. Offer the sacrifice of praise to God. When you feel like it, no. He says continually. That is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to His name. You see, we don't have to sacrifice uh, uh, the animals anymore. But there are three things, or maybe four things, uh, that is listed in the Scripture that we should sacrifice. Number one, we ought to sacrifice your person. In other words, we're to sacrifice ourselves. What do you mean, preacher? I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present yourselves a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God. That's Romans chapter 12, verse number 1. So we sacrifice ourselves. Hey, listen, those folk that done such a wonderful job for vacation Bible school this week, they sacrificed themselves. Those people that were here that cleaned up Friday after vacation Bible school, they sacrificed themselves. 
They could have been out eating fancy dinners. They could have been out to, uh, doing other things, but they chose to be in the house of God with some strange kids that some of them they didn't even know, but yet they know God had called them to take care of those kids and to be there at that time, and they were here, and they were making that sacrifice. And I'm going to tell you, I am very appreciative of it. I know Pastor Brian's greatly appreciative of it, but I can tell you this, God is appreciative of it. Sacrifice of your person. People don't like this one, but we're asked to sacrifice the purse sometimes. Amen? The Bible tells us that we ought to give 10%. We know what 10% of our income is. Some, very little people do that. But it's scriptural. I do that. I plan that. I'm going to do that. I don't want to live under the curse. (laughs) Malachi chapter 3, read it. You'll be under the curse if you don't. But he also says this. That over and above is what God blesses. That over and above is what God does. That's the way with those challenges. Those challenges were met and made and they freely gave over and above what they would normally give on their tithes that would keep the church operating. That's a sacrifice. Yeah, they could have took that $500 and they could have bought them a nice piece of furniture. They could have got them a nice television or or a microwave or or something. But they said, no, I'm going to give it to the Lord's house. I'm going to give it to the Lord's house to where they can do something with it. And I am so glad they did. Because you know what? People without vision perish. We've got vision to pay this place off. And man, it's going so good. Amen. God's meeting every need and God's taking care of us. But if you'll get on board, we'll do it a whole lot quicker. Amen. Some people walk around, they act like they got a black cloud over their head the whole time. Check their tithing record. Hello? Y'all got quiet in here. Y'all usually ain't the ones that get quiet when I preach on tithing. Right? But we're to sacrifice. Hallelujah. We're to sacrifice it sometimes. Hey, I do. I don't ask you to do a thing that I don't do. I can promise you this. You can look at the record from the last 15 years. Go look at my record and see where we add up. You might be very shocked. You might be very shocked. And I've told every member or any attender of this church, if they want to look at my record, they can look at it. I've told these boys, if they want to see it, show it to them. Because I'm not going to preach to you something that I don't do myself. Sacrifice of the purse. Sacrifice of performance. I believe God's expecting us to live righteously. Amen. How can we make an impact for the kingdom of God if we come in on Sunday uh, acting holier than thou and that we walk out the door living like hell itself? Amen. How are you going to influence anybody to get saved if you're not living the life yourself? Oh, but preacher, I'm in church. Everybody sees me doing good. God sees you when you ain't in church. Huh? But then he says, offer the sacrifice of praise. Continually. God inhabits the praises of his people. Yeah. And when we fall down on our praise, I believe we're doing a disjustice unto God because we're commanded in his word to do so. You see, if these people were going to live under the law, and if you today are going to live under the law, For salvation, you can't partake of the blessings of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because you're putting your faith in something that is not real at this point in your life. 
I can put faith in things. I can put faith in people, and it may not even come to fruition. You, listen, I've been dis. How many of you have ever been disappointed? I get disappointed every day. And a lot of times it's because I try my best to pastor people and try to tell them that what does saith the word about particular situations, but some people won't get angry with you. If you just try to, you know, tell them in love, you know, tell them in love. Steve, if I come to you and I say, Steve, you know, I love you, but you know the word of God says this, and this is in your life, and, and I'm just concerned about you. We need to do something about that. I believe you need to do something. That's part of being a pastor. That's part of being an under-shepherd. And there's two ways that Steve could take it. Steve could take it as wisdom that, you know what, preacher's right. It says this in the scripture. I need to be doing this and not this. And I appreciate him telling me that. And me and him, one-on-one, -on -one, nobody else involved. And, and it's over with. And he corrects it and he loves me for telling him. And then there's others that will walk out the door and say, Bless God, he's going to tell me what to do. <laughs> it happens. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm telling you what God says to do. Look, I'm just an ordinary man off of the Mill Hill in Spartanburg, okay? That's me. I can sit here and tell you truth or I can sit here and tell you about rainbows and lollipops. Welcome to life. Some people got to grow up Amen. and face the fact that life is life and life is difficult, but God is real. Amen. We can live in a fairy world all you want to. It's not going to do you no good. We're all going to be faced with problems. We're all going to run into situations. We're all going to be, you know, hurting. But that's when you hold on to the nail-scarred hands of Jesus. And you continue to hold on and you don't let go. And through the midst of the storms, through the midst of your trials, He'll hold on to you. And you'll find your answers in Him. Why should God answer favorably upon an individual that has grotesque sin in their life? Why should a loving God answer those prayers that, you know, we've done seven weeks study on Wednesday night on prayer. And we have known by those studies, and most of the home folk know it already, we regard iniquity in our heart. It, it hurts our prayer life. I want to be the kind of pastor today that if you call me to pray for you, you know that I'm going to bow down on my knees and pray for you and can get in touch with God. Because I guarantee you, if I was one of those that I may have to go to and say, you know, hey, you know, I'm, I'm really concerned about you. Maybe somebody, well, how am I going to react if somebody comes to me? Huh? Because if somebody's got to come to me about sin in my life, then I can't get a prayer through for anybody. I just want to live as close to God as I can. Live for Him and go on with Jesus. Because there'll be times in your life that people will try to pull you away. They'll try to pull you away. Listen, I'm, I'm thinking of an individual that I, I, I just uh, ran into just the other day. They were a Christian. 
What do you mean, preacher? They ain't no Christian now. Well, they was a Christian as far as I knew. But now they're Muslim. You think God shines favor on that? Hmm? Now they're Muslim. And she's Muslim because she married a man that was a Muslim. And she had to become a Muslim or, or else. Brings me back to the scripture. Be not unequally yoked together. As a non-believer. So see, she let that situation pull him, pull herself down to that level. I'm here to tell you, and this will go across the world, and that's fine. Allah's not your God. Buddha's not your God. Confucius is not your God. Your mate's not your God. Your home or your car is not your God. Your God's the Lord Jesus Christ today. Amen. Him and Him alone. He don't need any help. He just needs our obedience. He requires our obedience. Let me put it this way. He really don't need us for anything. He requests our obedience. Let's be obedient unto Him today. I want you to stand. Sister Pam, come just play something softly on the piano. We're going to go to the Lord in prayer. I think I'm just going to go with God. Amen. Nothing means any more to me than being with God. There's times, Brother Joe Floyd, I'll get in my office and I'll begin to pray out unto the Lord and say, Lord, it's me again. I need a word for you people. I'm here all by myself, God, and if you don't show up here to help me, I'm going to have a problem because I need you. And I'm glad that every time I've went to him in prayer and asked him to come and sit down beside me to have a little talk with me, he's always showed up. He's never left me cold. He's never left me hungry. He's healed my body. Listen, we had the test done. You, my back, several years ago, you got a 70-year-old back. Five years later, not a pain in my body. Ain't had a pain in I don't know how long. God touched me that day in that little church, Joe Floyd. I'm telling you, God touched me that day. You know he did. You was there. You know the pain that I... Listen, Will's in here Friday night throwing this furniture around like nothing to it. Five, six years ago, I couldn't have done that. Praise the Lord. That's what God done for me. Doctor said that my right and my vision in my right eye would never be corrected. They made a boo-boo. What nothing I could do. You're never going to have to be able to see out of that eye. I began to wonder, but 30 days later, I went back to the doctor and it was seeing 2015. Are you bragging, preacher? I'm bragging on Jesus. Because <laughs> he's the only one that can do stuff like that. 
Listen, Benny Hinn's not going to do that for you. I can't do it for you. There's a man named Jesus that can. And I know that might get under some people's crawl about Benny Hinn, but if, if he can do that, please call him. I know a lot of people in the hospital that needs help. Let's empty the hospital out. We serve a gracious God and he loves you. This preacher loves you today and he, lo- and he wants your best. The Lord wants your best. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, I will personally come, kneel beside you, lead you in a sinner's prayer, show you scripture in the book of Romans where you can be saved. And you don't have to die and go to hell. Maybe you're here, you've been saved, you've just grown cold, you're out of the will of God, you may be bitter at God about something or another. Listen, let's don't be bitter about things, let's make God allow it to be better. Because if you, 1 John 1, 9, God allows you to come back into the fold. He said, if you'll just ask, He said, I'm faithful and just to forgive you. Amen. I'll forgive you. What a loving God we serve. In spite of all of our faults, in spite of all the wrongs that we've done, in spite of sin that continually creeps up in our lives, we serve a God that can forgive it all. But would you be serious with God today and allow Him to help you? God can do it. I can't do anything. I'm just delivering the mail. Don't get mad at the mailman when he brings you a bill. He's just doing his duty. You may have a need today. You may not have a need at all, but a need of someone else. This altar's open. You may be here. You want to get saved? This altar's open. You may be here. You need to just repent. Get back on the right road of God. It's okay. Nobody's going to look at you funny. Listen, we've all failed. We've all sinned to come show the glory of God. But thank God He does forgive us. You may be here and not have a need at all. You've got a need of another. You may be here and you know of somebody that's lost and they need you, the Lord in an amazing way today. Have you tried Him? Have you called upon Him? Because I'm sure He can help you. Father, we do love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Thank you for these that are gathered around this altar already. I pray that you would touch those in the pews. Lord, I pray that you would just give them what they need. May they come to you and give you the burdens today. Whether it be a sin burden, a particular need, whatever it may be. Father, we know that you can grant it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. You come if you've got a need. We'll be glad to pray with you today.